Welcome to Half-Assed Horrorcast. I'm Craig. I'm Jeff. And, uh... We watched The Blob. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a face, you could look it in the eye. If it had a body, you could shoot it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? I want that organism alive. I think you pissed it off. What's the basic premise of the blob, if you had to describe it? This meteor lands on Earth in some small town, and some bum pokes it with a stick, and this glob, blob, tiny little blob, like, attaches itself to the stick, and then it, it starts kind of eating people by sucking them up and, you know. Right. The, the blob starts out as very small. It's like... Um... You know, almost like the size of a softball or something like that. Mm. And as it consumes flesh, it 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 its volume grows, its mass yeah. becomes it's bigger and bigger as the movie progresses. So it's kind of like a little small amount of plasma. You said it looked it reminded you a lot of the Ghostbusters two uh, slime yeah. that they used, right? Yeah, the, the it's like slime. the Ghostbusters two slime with a lot of veins. <laughs> yeah, and then occasionally I thought it was pretty clever where you could see um, bits of debris that it had picked up. Yeah, you know, like at one point it it uh, consumes someone that's wearing um, like a high school class ring, and you mm-hmm. can see the class ring, and you know later yeah. on in the blob's mass or whatever. And I think I compared it to the that slime you would get as a kid for you know from He Man or Ghostbusters and right. Over the course of playing it with it for about five minutes, it would just collect all this dirt and hair and stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they kind of acknowledge that a little bit in the film. Um, so, uh, what's our cast of characters here? We have Kevin Dillon yeah. with a mullet. One of the worst mullets I've ever seen, actually. It was, it was a bad mullet. I mean, it, it had to have been like like a conscious decision by everyone involved that yeah. he needed this mullet and it had to be cultivated, you know, like instead of him training to, you know, to ride motorcycles or, um, you know, do other skill sets that he might need for the movie. I think they, they put all their effort into cultivating this, this mullet. Yeah. Cause I don't, I mean, I was like, like when this movie came out, I was probably eight or nine years old. Right. So, um, I don't really remember, that hairstyle being that popular I but I you know yeah. it's been well, a long time but that hair was just ridiculous <laughs> yeah and then he was supposed to be you know Kevin Dillon our cast of characters is the typical B-movie uh, setup it's uh, you know teenagers and 
they're the ones that discovered the blob initially and no one believes them at first you know and as the movie progresses they're the ones that like figure out the weaknesses of the blob etc but um what's weird to me is kevin dillon is supposed to be um a very rebellious like loner rebel type of guy yeah and the mullet thing just kind of blows it for me like once <laughs> once you see him with a mullet you can't really take him seriously as an outcast rebel you know a la yeah. james dean type of situation he rides a motorcycle wears a leather jacket has a yeah. pirate shirt yeah for some reason it's like a seinfeld pirate shirt yeah which it's hard to take the guy seriously with that hair and that pirate shirt yeah. but uh yeah he's sort of the bad boy yeah. and but, also it, it, it is kind of interesting though that kevin Dillon is not a very attractive man and it's kind of cool that he like in, in some weird way i kind of respect that they cast almost like a fugly guy to be yeah. the lead like romantic interest yeah because um, really it, it also oh, kind of makes him seem a little more like he'd be the outsider too maybe that's true know. yeah so, yeah um yeah, I don't know. Maybe the mullet was like an attempt to pretty him up a little bit. Like yeah. we'll give him some flowing locks. We gotta and, make this know, guy look cool. And that's like the best he could do. Like, hey, I'm I'm here to the set, and they were just like, oh, oh, we told you to grow your hair out. Yeah, not, you know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, and, and it, it's funny because a lot of times it just looks like a wig. Like, yeah, it doesn't even look real. No, it looks it, like a weird weave or something yeah. at certain points. It almost looks like the same hair from a uh, Walking Dead that uh, what's his name Eugene has. Right. Yeah. Because. Uh, I don't know. There's it just does. I don't know. We're, I'm really going on about the hair. That was that was like the main focus of that movie. Like, look at that guy's <laughs> well, hair. It was hard not to. Yeah, I mean, like watching it in your living room. I mean, that was hard not to. You know, <laughs> kind of focus on a little bit. Um, but really, you know, the main character, I guess, is the female lead, uh, played by Shawnee Smith. Yeah. Um, Meg is her name in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, th- there's actually like uh, you know, I-, I guess we'll go ahead and just up front this is always gonna be spoiler filled oh yeah um but nothing that will just absolutely ruin the movie um however this might kind of ruin the movie because the the beginning of the film like the first act almost they make it seem like this is the story of meg and her boyfriend who is like kind of a football star right yeah and they make them seem like the main characters and maybe the kevin dylan character is kind of like an outsider that just kind of butts heads with them occasionally yeah um and then after the blob is discovered, they take uh, the homeless person to the hospital to get treatment or whatever because the kids discover the homeless guy staggering around the woods for some reason. Yeah, and he's got this big snot ball in his hand right. that he can't get off. Which is in the original, by the way. We, we, we're we not that familiar with the 50s version, but... Uh, we the did bum, watch the trailer. <laughs> right. We watched the trailer. We watched Steve McQueen trying to pretend he's 17 when he's actually 56. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they also had the sequence where, you know, a homeless person finds uh, the blob, the, the, the comet, or meteorite, rather, that splits open and, and hatches the blob, you know, uh, life form. Anyway, they, they go to the hospital, and um, the blob gets out of control. It consumes the homeless person completely, grows in mass, and uh, as the jock boyfriend that seems to be one of the main characters is calling the police to warn them of the blob, he is consumed, and it's a very graphic. Yeah. It's the first time we really get to see the damage the blob can do. What do you think of that? The first time we get to see you when the jock uh, is getting eaten by the blob, it's pretty iconic. I was pretty impressed by it, actually. Like over, actually, overall, the whole movie, I was impressed because I, I was kind of expecting it to be pretty bad, but it was a lot better than I was expecting. But yeah. the the effects and everything of the blob, you know, uh, devouring people, it looked really gross. 
but like in a good way like it looked good like it was really well done i thought well and, and i guess it shouldn't have surprised us that much because we went into it knowing that the team that did dream warriors the third nightmare on elm street oh right um frank darabont and chuck russell uh this is their follow-up basically this is like you know they're they're reteaming you know mm -hmm. for another horror movie and uh chuck russell not really a prolific director i think i looked him up and along with dream warriors he also did like the mask and i think the arnold schwarzenegger movie eraser and stuff like that okay. so he directed some a-list movies but nothing that you know we really remember back you know look back on fondly that much mm -hmm. um but obviously frank darabont went on to do a lot of stuff after this this was kind of yeah. like the springboard for him you know to be a pretty prolific writer and everything mm -hmm. um so considering that pedigree i guess we should have been expecting yeah. you know a pretty decent horror film i think it's because the the name the blob first of all it sounds ridiculous right it's like how can a blob be a villain or a some kind of horrible thing right. but and you know we also watched the trailer for the 50s version which looks like uh play-doh or something i mean it, right. it, it it it's it's pretty it's, funny to look at now right and i, and I think but, that as popular as the blob was probably in the 50s there is a spirit of fun and like not to be that take you know not, not to take right. it that seriously like mm -hmm. i kind of got the impression from the trailer even from the 50s that like they were kind of in on the joke like yeah. it's the blob i mean this is mm -hmm. kind of silly but this 80s spin it is pretty dark and yeah. there are sequences that are pretty scary yeah. you know but it's actually still really fun too i thought yeah. like it's uh i don't know there were scenes in the trailer for the 50s version that we watched that they're absolutely redid in the movie like sure. the scene in the movie theater absolutely yeah, there's a whole sequence yeah. where people are watching a horror film packed audience and then the blob you know from the projection booth you know yeah. oozes into the theater to consume mm -hmm. you know the patrons right yeah and it's it's almost as if it's it drips acid and stuff to kind of right you know whatever dissolve I mean, people I, yeah that's i guess that's something we should really point out is there is really good graphic special effects yeah. of people getting dissolved by the blob where yeah. they you know they just morph from you know solid state to just this like putty i guess yeah. you know yeah there's one scene where there's a lady laying on the ground and uh the, what's her name uh shawnee smith walks up to her and grabs her by the shoulder to kind of like pull her back like hey and then she does it's it's half of her face is just goop and it's right. stuck to the pavement it's like it's it's pretty gnarly yeah. and like the blob is indiscriminate man like it'll kill old people little kids <laughs> you know it doesn't matter you know where you're from or anything because i was shocked um that we did see a major child character get yeah. killed at a certain point not to get, totally give it away but you know that they, they introduce a couple of younger brothers or a younger brother and his friend right of the meg character and they're in the movie theater sequence but anyway you know long story short one of the kids gets consumed by the blob and it was shocking to me to see yeah. not only does he get you know taken in by the blob we get to graphically see him dissolve <laughs> like he's like no like, you know yeah. the whole thing he almost looks like deadite from evil dead sure. too you know yeah, he's yeah. all yeah. yeah he's his skin is sort of right. drooping it, and melting. i will say i mean looking back on it i know we're watching it as adults but i'm pretty sure when i saw that as a kid um, that part did kind of disturb me because oh, yeah. usually, especially in that era, a little kid was safe. Mm -hmm. You know, you never really expected to see a little kid get killed, and especially for it to be painful. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, a, as you know, a nine, ten-year-old when I saw it, I was really taken aback by that mm -hmm. concept that, like, you know, an 11 or 12-year-old kid could get horribly maimed and awfully, you know what I mean? Like the worst possible death, you know, yeah. you could see on screen, basically. So... Um. 
Yeah, I was really surprised by that too when we were watching it last night. I did not see that coming because, like you said, you always kind of think, well, the kids are going to be right. safe. And when he got killed, uh, I was like, wow, yeah. they, actually, they actually killed that kid. <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. Hmm. And then um, one thing I did notice, you know, it's an 80s movie. Right. But uh, they didn't do the classic 80s thing of having 80s era music in it that I noticed. Yeah, you know, I didn't even, I didn't think to note that either. Yeah, yeah there's none of that. I, right. I can't even really imitate it, but uh, yeah, that always seems like that's kind of the, I, I like a lot of 80s movies, yeah. but that's sort of one thing that kind of could be part of the charm, but also be You're talking about like almost like the synth that they yeah. use a lot in like Michael Mann style. Or right, exactly. Yeah, the stuff that makes it kind of cheesy, but I didn't notice any of that in this movie. And, uh, as you mentioned too, it's um, Frank Darabont worked on it, and he was one of the writers. And uh, that actor Jeffrey Demun, who was uh, in Walking Dead and uh, Shawshank Redemption and all those movies, uh, the Green Mile, Green Mile, yeah, yeah. yeah, he played Dale on Walking Dead, but he's right. in the movie, and uh, as a know. sheriff, he's, yeah. he's the small town sheriff, yeah. right? Um, just kind of assume that that's probably where that relationship maybe, started. Yeah, yeah same here. Like, um, and you noted there were several recognizable faces, like '80s icons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, oh um, right, the the actress from ET. I've forgotten her name. Yeah, or what, um, you know, but I can find out really quick. Yeah, she was uh, she was on ET in ET, and she was on a uh, Baywatch. Um, Erica Aleniak. I think that's how you say her name. But she was in it. She. Uh, I think she was also in Playboy back in the day. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, who else was in it? Oh, the the another girl who was in Playboy, Julie McCullough. Or I think it's how you say her name. Yeah. She was. Um, I think like her biggest role she ever had was as the girlfriend on Growing Pains. So, oh, this is what you were talking about, where Kirk Cameron yeah. booted her when yeah, he became a born again Christian, right? Yeah. yeah. He was basically like, I don't think that. Uh, uh, what's his name Mike Seaver he's like I don't think Mike Seaver would date her like she's been in Playboy like mm, well maybe you wouldn't date her right. <laughs> and on the TV show she hasn't been in Playboy it's a character you know but whatever well, um, I do think I mean it's worth noting that there's all these like really cool like 80s character actors and everything right um, Bill Mosley pops up in a small role mm-hmm. um, he's the guy from you know he plays Chop Top and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 and right. He's in The Devil's Rejects. Is, I think Otis is his character name. Um, the uh, the guy, uh, the actor's name is Paul McCrean, the guy that uh, falls into the toxic waste in RoboCop, um, who to me is like a really infamous scene or whatever. He's one of the, the bad guys in RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays the deputy in this. Oh, uh, right. This the movie. guy with the big yeah. mustache. Yeah, and he ends up in like ER. I think he was a regular on ER for a while. Oh, okay. Um, so there's lots of people that you just kind of recognize and go, oh, who is that guy? You know, so I think they did a really good job of casting, you know, this really wide range of, you know, these yeah. kind of fun character actors and everything and all these small roles to kind of hide <laughs> it a little bit. And the guy who plays the projectionist, his name is, uh, let's see, Frank Collison. Yeah. But instantly I, recognizable, yeah. kind of an oddball looking guy. Yeah, we as soon as like, I saw that guy, yeah. I was like, I have seen this guy in so many things, but I couldn't tell you what it is. And then I looked yeah. him up on IMDb. And uh, what I knew him from was um, uh, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He was, you know, 
the relative that they sure. try to go to, and he's like feeding them a horse. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think she's starting to turn. I slaughtered this horse last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> what about in terms of this being a remake? I mean, I know neither one of us are that familiar with the original Blob, mm-hmm. but in terms of you know, like we're living in an era now where all of our childhood movies are kind of being rebooted and retooled. You know, mm-hmm. they tried to reboot the Friday Thirteenth series and yeah. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and to a certain extent, Texas Chainsaw as well. Right. Um, like for me, this felt like the good example of rebooting or remaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I don't think they really they set it up for a sequel there's kind of a cliffhanger at the yeah. end that makes it seem like they could make another one mm-hmm. but for the most part it's like a standalone remake and they kind of add their own spin to it yeah hmm. I thought they did a good job with it um, also I don't know of course you know I'm not I have no sort of connection to the original but there could have been at the time guys like us who liked the original Bob as a kid sure uh but I can't imagine anyone watching the original Blob and be like, you can't remake the sacred Blob, right. you know. Yeah. That's a good uh, point. I mean, we're kind of in an era where we're remaking a lot of things for nostalgia's sake. And right. Like, I kind of feel like this is another example of that, but maybe they recognize material that they could heighten and make right. better. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the effects had, had, you know, uh, made so many jumps since the 50s. And, yeah. you know, and what they could actually show the Blob doing mm-hmm. had probably you know changed quite a bit from the 50s as well i would think so yeah it was uh yeah like i said i was i was impressed i i, I went in with very low expectations i was thinking yeah. this is gonna be a silly goofy thing that we'll laugh at and make jokes about and um it was better than i thought it was gonna be so um just keep that in mind if you decide to go back and watch the blob remake well, i think and, that's an inevitable thing that we have to do when we talk about a movie that we watch for the pod is uh, you know would you recommend it to someone you oh, know, yeah. under what circumstances exactly you know? so would you recommend it I, I absolutely would I mean uh, again like kind of what you were pointing out as long as you go into it with the spirit of you know this is like a remake of a B movie and it's kind of paying homage to a B movie you mm-hmm. know what I mean so it kind of has a few there's a couple plot holes there's there's some kind of clunky characters that are yeah. you know put in just to die essentially yeah. that sort of thing so if you kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit and right. have fun with it yeah you'll like it but if you take it as like a serious science fiction thriller mm-hmm. no no yeah. you, you this not it's not for you yeah and there's yeah there's definitely some silly parts of the movie yeah. but uh none of it bothered me i actually you know really in, enjoyed the silly parts too yeah. you know so you know, there's a, a whole sequence where Kevin Dillon is trying to jump his motorcycle over this bridge, and then, mm. you know, spoiler alert, but later in the movie, he finally does it as he's right. getting shot at by these people and uh, <laughs> who are just the worst at shooting. And then there's a line, like, straight out of Star Wars, too. I forgot what it was. Uh, but it was basically some line from, I think it was Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Princess Leia said something to Han Solo and the girl says it to Kevin Dillon and I was like wow that was directly so you're really good at taking care of yourself or you know, right. take care of yourself that's what you're good at yeah that's like it that, that was she what says was. the exact same line <laughs> yeah, yeah to it's like I wonder Dillon. if that was like a nod to Star Wars or if they didn't even really rip off yeah, yeah. Um, I think that one other thing that I think it's worth noting that you brought up last night when we were watching it the idea that these special effects are kind of the last leg of practical special effects before CGI kind of took over um 
So if nothing else, it's kind of cool as, a, as an artifact of how far practical effects have gone right. before we ditch them to start doing stuff like Jurassic Park. You, you yeah. know, um, it's kind of the last era of that kind of wizardry, you know, where you get to see uh, puppetry and practical, like, like I don't know how they did a lot of it. You know what I mean? If some of mm -hmm. it was stop motion style effects or some yeah. of it was, you know, puppetry and they kind of layered it in, I, you know, I don't I have no clue how they did it yeah. you know, looking back on it. Yeah, it's uh, it it is like pretty impressive to look at that stuff too. Mm. You know, um, it's sort of like on The Walking Dead, they have uh, most of the zombie stuff is practical. practical. Yeah, you know, they CG and extra blood and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, that kind of stuff is so interesting to me. So much fun to watch, and Definitely. you sit there and go, "How do they do that?" Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if you're like a student of film or you know, someone that cares about monster makeup and that sort of thing. It's definitely one to look at just for that, yeah. you know, that kind of angle too. So, yeah. So, yeah, I would give it a thumbs up. Uh, I will not because of copyright issues, perhaps. I am. But I recommend The Blob, 1988. I am copyright infringing. Thumbs up. Thumbs up here too. Yeah, yeah we're doing it. <laughs> By next week, we will watch the movie Creep Show 2. Which, uh, if anybody listening wants to watch too, it's on instant Netflix. Uh, we'll, you know, watch it and discuss it next week. Yes, Jeff's pick. Yeah. Creep show two. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor. Uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording about uh, uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, yeah. and you and I both went, but we didn't go at the same time, but we both went to the one in Hollywood yeah. when we were living in California, and, but I went to a haunted house for Halloween this year in Atlanta called Netherworld. And I thought we could discuss that and compare. It's pretty famous too, right? Because I keep seeing like Walking Dead cast members there. That yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, I think it was. It's voted uh, in all these different websites and magazines. It's like one of the top ones in the country. Mm. I think I've seen on on a few different lists where it's like number three or whatever. But <clears throat> it is excellent. Yeah. Like uh, my friend is actually the one who told me about it because Halloween was on a Friday this year, and normally on uh, like Halloween's my favorite, you know. That's my favorite time of year and everything around sure. October. Uh, but usually, as much as I love Halloween, I kind of like the time leading up to it more. And then Halloween, it's the day I usually don't make any plans. So like last year, I watched Frankenstein and fell asleep early. That was <laughs> yeah, all I yeah. did. And so this year, I was like, it's on a Friday. Let's do something different. And so at first, I was like, let's go down to Florida. We'll go to Universal Studios and do Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. And then I was like, that's going to be too expensive, and I can't really you know, take all the time off to go do that. And then my buddy Josh was like, you know, let's go down to the one in Atlanta and check it out. And uh, so we did that. We took the day off, drove down there. And we got there like several hours before it opened. So it was like the middle of the day, and we're walking around taking pictures of everything. We're like, this is awesome. <laughs> but when like, the sun started going down and like the people started showing up and they started like turning everything on, like it, it was almost like a mini amusement park, <clears throat> and uh, they had two different uh, haunts there. There was like the main one, which was called Season of the Witch, and then they had a smaller one, 
called Spliced. Yeah. And uh, Spliced, you can go through in like 15 minutes, but uh, I think Season of the Witch took about 45 minutes maybe to get oh. through. And uh, it was excellent. Like the the makeup and the sets were like movie quality. Yeah. And it was so detailed. Like when you every room we walked into, we were just wanted to stop and look around for like you know five ten minutes per room but you're like you're kind of getting ushered through right and uh we're looking around like there was so much it was so dense with stuff that uh we kept having to like grab each other by the shoulder and be like dude look at that like we walked into this one room and we're looking around like this is so cool like we weren't getting scared like people would jump out but we wouldn't it's like you don't really pay attention because you're too busy looking at all the cool stuff like man look at that that's cool so we walk in this one room we look up and I saw this gigantic Cthulhu, and he's oh. like coming out of the ceiling. And Josh is looking around. He's like, "Man, check this thing out!" And I was like, "Forget that! Look at this thing!" And he looked, turned around. I was like, "What?" When you say gigantic, <laughs> I mean, what's the scale here? Like, how big would you say it is? Oh man! I mean, like, like the size talking... of a car, maybe. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. big. And it's just its head, I'm assuming, right? Or is it kind of like? I think upper it was coming torso. out. Of the... Yeah, it was sort of upper torso. Yeah. His arms were out. That's pretty great. And uh, but they had a bunch of really cool stuff like that, like big things like that like yeah. we we walked through this one part and uh like i said it was just like a line of people there was no break between groups so it was hard to get scared because people had to kind of like get back in the shadows again and jump out mm. and uh but you already saw him coming because you saw him do it to the first like three people in front of you right, right but uh we got to this one part and josh turned around and like put his hand up like dude stop wait right there and he was like waiting for the thing to reset so that like i could be surprised by it yeah and uh, I turn the corner, it's pitch dark, and you're walking down this hallway, and then the lights come on, and there's this gigantic uh, uh, alien monster coming out of the ceiling. It's all, wow. Yeah. It looks so amazing. Like, <laughs> the, it, I, I'm just blown away by the quality and the detail of all of these uh, yeah. things. And there was no sort of uh, pre-existing characters in it there was no like michael myers or freddy krueger it was all original characters yeah, it was all original part. stuff all original makeup and costumes and mm. everything and it was so impressive it's weird like i remember being a little kid and going to haunted houses locally in rural tennessee mm-hmm. and it was like you know and then you know granted this is like the 80s you know whatever but like it was people in like store-bought gorilla costumes <laughs> and stuff like that you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just kind of it's wild how like a couple of decades or really I guess it's thirty dec- thirty years on, right? Like how professional all this stuff has gotten. You know, like I don't know. I mean, you look like you were going to say something. I was going to say like uh, my very first experience of ever going to a haunted house. I think I was like seven or eight years old. So this would have been like late eighties. There was a haunted house in Hendersonville called. Uh, a haunted smorgasbord. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, it's over by like Crystal and all that stuff. If you're familiar with Hendersonville, <laughs> Tennessee. So anyway, like, my dad takes us there because I'm like, I want to go to the haunted house. You yeah. know, and I'm like a little kid in first or second grade. Yeah. And uh, I think my dad just didn't realize. Like, I think he was thinking like a carnival spook house. Like See, little, hold on. This should yeah. be like. This is what I was talking about earlier off mic when I was like, yeah, we could like adapt our own scary stories. Uh-huh. This should be like our like, you know, radio play. Should oh, be yeah. like young Jeff asking like, 
I'll be the dad. I'll be your dad. And they're like, all right, why not? Get in the car. Like, you know, yeah. I'll be that guy. And you'll be like, yeah, it's going to be great. And then you show up and it's like, I'm fucking dying. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? my God. Why is this happening? Yeah, I mean, we can put all the sound effects yeah. of, like, you know, the yeah. little costume. Anyway, well, that, continue. Well, that's the thing is, like, this thing was not gorilla costume or, like. They were, like, hardcore. And then, yeah, yeah, man, like. And I think my dad didn't realize that. I don't think he would have, like, let me go through it, at least by mm. myself. Because I think my dad was also thinking, like, well, these things are expensive. I'm not going to yeah. pay a bunch of money. I want to. I don't. Look, my dad this was. This is, just, like, your circa. You're, like, six years old or so. I think you may have said I was said seven or eight. Bit. Yeah. So it was, like, 87, 88, yeah. somewhere around there. And I was, like, uh, so my dad took me and my friend there. And he waited in the car. Because my dad doesn't really care about that stuff. Sure. And he was, like, eh, if you want to go, I'll let you go through. So we get in there and, like. I remember walking in and it looked like a butcher shop and <laughs> there was, it was a strobe light was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember this so clearly. I walk in and this guy in this scary like zombie makeup comes jumping over the counter and it looked like he was in slow motion because it's the strobe light jumps in front of us. He's got like a big meat cleaver. He's covered in blood and yeah. guts and everything. He's like, Wah! And like it was like instantly, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. just start crying and screaming, like, oh, my mommy, you yeah. know, freaking out. And then, um, so we kept walking through. And then, like, at one point, this guy was in front of us. I guess he saw like how freaked out I was. Mm. He's like, all right, you can come with me. So I'm walking with this guy who's probably like a teenager, but right. at the time, he seemed so much older. He's walking through with us, and then like anytime someone would jump out to scare us, he'd kind of put his hand up, be like, oh, no, no, hey, leave, leave these kids alone. They're kind of yeah. freaked out. And uh, we came out of the, the haunted house, and I was just like completely horrified and like traumatized. Yeah. And like, uh, I couldn't find my dad. Like, I didn't know where he was when we came out of the haunted house. I thought he would be like waiting at the exit for us, but he was just sitting in the car, and I didn't know that. I didn't know where the car was. I'm like, where's my dad? I was like, I was like, this is the worst idea in the world. Why did yeah. I do this? And so finally, I got. I went up to that. I remember walking up to that kid that took us through and I was like hey excuse me he was just like what do you want from me I'm now sure he was like, like the love of god yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like you ruined my whole experience of yeah. going through here you know but then finally I I saw my dad and we went and got in the car he's like alright well I, I can't remember what he said but it's something like did you have fun we're like no <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, what do you want from me yeah. <laughs> well, he, no he just he seems so kind of dismissive of it like well it's a haunted house it's gonna be scary Right, let's go home. And I was like, uh. <laughs> that is kind of one of those things. Like, you know, you get what you pay for. You know, yeah. you, you, it was supposed to be scary, I guess. So, I th- yeah, yeah, but it, I think we were both thinking like, oh, this is just like it's not a big deal. Right, It'll be right, like right. guys in Frankenstein costumes, like, oh, look at right, me, right, I'm right. a monster. But it was like, oh, I'm gonna murder you in your sleep. No. <laughs> you thought it was gonna be like The Simpsons. It was like, behold, the ravages of age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, that Roseanne episode, like "Welcome to the Tunnel mm. of Terror." Mm. But uh, yeah, it was legit. Mm. But uh, we went to one in Hendersonville a few weeks ago, actually, and it was actually really well done, especially for the price. And I think it was like the first year they've ever done it there. It's called Death Yard yeah. Haunted this Attraction, is Hendersonville, Tennessee. Just yeah. in case you stumble upon this podcast, yeah. <laughs> and you're from outside yeah. of rural Tennessee, this is our local cast. Mm. Um, yeah, so we we went to that one, and it was it was really well done. I didn't really go to many this year because been low on cash, and those things are not cheap. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> I feel kind of guilty because I had a lot of opportunities to do stuff like that, and mm-hmm. like honestly, for me, it's like I kind of chicken out. Like I kind of don't want to go. Like 
as much as I loved Halloween Horror Nights mm-hmm. in Universal Studios, that's kind of a controlled scenario where like I can very easily go to the bathroom when I want to, and I can right. like you know get something to eat if I need to or whatever. Like it's it's I don't know. It's like an air conditioned haunted house scenario, right? right? Whereas, like, all these, you know, rural areas with their haunted houses, for some reason, it intimidates me a little bit. Oh, really? Like, I picture going there and having to wait in line for an hour and, like, or having to drive, you know, a certain amount of time and then waiting in line. And when I actually get into the haunted house, I'm going to be like, I got to pee. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's all I'm going to be thinking about is, like, when am I going to get the opportunity to take a whiz and I'm not going to enjoy this? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like in your, your pants. Yeah. Like <laughs> the inevitable, you know, Craig moment of pissing his pants in front of his oh, girlfriend. No. Like, sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that one in Henderson, while we went to the death yard, uh, we walked into one room. I went with my friend, Josh. Yeah. And, uh, when you go through haunted houses with Josh, he always tries to scare you. Like, <laughs> Oh, right, right. And, uh, he was going to like, he went in this one room, kind of got ahead of me on purpose so he could like jump out and scare me. But right as he was going to do that, he noticed that one of the people who worked there was coming out in like a scary clown outfit. Yeah. And so he kind of like got up against the wall uh, in this little corner. And when the the scary clown came around the corner, he jumped out and was like, ah! yeah. and scared the crap out of this guy. And you could tell, you could see like he jumped back like, whoa, you know, <laughs> and you could hear the guy under the mask like laughing. And we're like, that was awesome. But, uh, that was the first time I've ever seen someone scare the person at the haunted house. Oh, so, right. Well, it's, that's like, pretty fun. Um, the year you went to ha- the Halloween Horror Nights, mm-hmm. um, what was the theme? Like, what were the houses that um, they had? They had different ones. There was, like, the Scream. They had a Scream one. Mm-hmm. It was 2011, 2012? 2011, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was Scream, and then they did, like, Alice Cooper's Nightmare or something, yeah. and then... They had what was the uh, what's that movie House of a Thousand Corpses, right. The Thing, um, and I can't remember the rest. But they they were all like really well done too. None of them were particularly scary to me, right. but they're also like super short. Like you could go through each one in like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's a really cool idea, and I was thinking, like, that would be awesome if there was a theme park that was just haunted houses and stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because that's basically what Halloween Horror Nights is, mm-hmm. and uh, it's so much fun. Like, you know, you walk around, and there's people in costumes that will jump out and scare you, just, like, yeah, walking. Yeah, like, scare zones, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And this one guy, I kept walking through this one little area, because it's kind of like all the haunted houses are all around, and sure. so you have to walk through this same little courtyard area several yeah. times. The same guy kept jumping out and trying to scare me. He didn't really scare me, but he kept like getting really close to tripping me and stuff. And I was yeah, like, "Whoa, yeah. dude, yeah. relax!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I think I went circa '09 or maybe 2010. I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, all the classic '80s monsters. So it was like Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. They they each had a house. And what was great about their houses. Um, is they did a great job of different rooms represented like different iconic scenes from the movies series or whatever. So you go through the Jason, you know, Friday 13th house and there was a room for part one and a room for part two. Like they kind of like gave you a big scene (laughs) from each movie or whatever. You know what I mean? And like the Jason, the people dressed as Jason that would come out to scare you or whatever were dressed in different 
period costumes. Like oh. one had the sack on his head, mm-hmm. another one had you know a certain style of hockey mask, and a, you know what I mean. Like they mm-hmm. they kind of showed the evolution of the character. Um, and I thought that was a really cool idea. Like it's a it, nice way to kind of make it fresh too, because you kind of picture it just being like the same dude jumping yeah. out at you over and over again, and you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. they kind of did a good job. And I think I had just watched like almost all the movies in a row, like <laughs> leading up to that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was all fresh on my mind. So it was you know. Like, wow, you guys really did your homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and the Freddy house was similar, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street house, um, you know, where they had, like, a room, just like the scene where, you know, you can see Freddy kind of, like, stretching through the walls. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? They had a room just like that. And oh, cool. It was kind of neat seeing them create it, like, with practical, like, physical props and, and effects, like, for your, you know what I mean, to literally walk in on it versus how they did it. Probably with special effects and camera, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of neat seeing it, like, represented in real life. Yeah. You know, moments like that. It was kind of cool. I love that kind of stuff. I wish mm-hmm. there was a place like that around here. There should be just, like, a theme park that's just Halloween stuff. Because there's that store I used to go to in Burbank, California, yeah. the Halloween Town. Right. It's a year-round Halloween store. I feel like that might be, like, the only place in America that would... A place like that would stay in business they year-round. They themselves <laughs> year-round. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, you know, you got the movie industry and stuff there. And, they, like, a lot of, like, niche things like that could yeah. probably survive better than they could in, say, Nashville, you know? It's weird. Like, every now and then someone will ask me for, like, they're like, I'm going to Los Angeles. What should I do when I'm there? <laughs> and, like, that's one of the things I tell them. And afterwards, yeah. I'm like, why am I recommending this place to people? Because, like, it takes a special person to, like, actually give a damn about a place like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the average Joe or Jane is not going to appreciate going to a basically a costume shop slash, you know, Halloween mm-hmm. memorabilia place. Yeah. I loved it, though. I mean, I, I love the fact that it existed, and I, like, I think I went out of my way to support it while I lived there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'd go every now and then and buy something, yeah. and, you know. I feel so. like I went almost every weekend. Right. Like, I was always just going. I, I like to just look around, and I'm sure the people who work there were like, this guy's in here again. He never right. buys anything, but I would always be like, <laughs> I want to buy this, but I right. don't have the money, but look at all this. Like, and they always have art shows there and stuff, yeah. which were really cool. That's the main thing I bought when I went there would be like art, artist prints, and uh, yeah, I love that store. That's like the main one, one of the main things I miss about living in California. Yeah, and uh, now I, I don't know if you know this, but now they have three different locations, and they're all on the I same street too. in Burbank. Yeah. It's all it's all on Magnolia Boulevard in Burbank, and it's like the main store that we went to, mm. and then they opened up a second location down the street and it's just costumes. So they took all the costumes out of the main store and just put more like memorabilia and stuff in. Yeah. And now they have a third store that I haven't been to yet cause it opened recently, but it's like a kid's store and it's right next door to the costume shop. Huh. <clears throat> and there's another, another place next time you go to California, you got to go there. It's uh creature features. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever showed you pictures of it or anything, but it's awesome. Really? It's related to them, though. I mean, it's like a spinoff store from Halloween Town. Uh, no, no, they're not related, but the okay. it's they have very similar kind of stuff. It's like yeah. a lot of, it's it's good for guys like us because it's a lot of stuff from memorabilia that they sell from when we were kids. Right. And it's a lot of like horror centric stuff too, huh. and uh, they have they have really cool art shows there too. Like they they do like a Halloween art show every year, yeah. uh, called October Shadows, and then they do. This past weekend, they just did an Iron Giant uh, art show, but they do like all kinds of like fun stuff like that. I think they did like a Outer Limits art show when I was out there last time. Yeah, but man, it's really making me miss it. Like I want. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what uh, 
you know, your story is also about going to Florida this year to do Universal Studios, mm -hmm. the Halloween Horror Nights there. Um, I came very close to doing that this year as well. Oh, really? Like I was trying to convince, you know, someone to go with me and everything. And then I, I had the exact same scenario as you where I was just like, do I really have the money to blow on this? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Is it really going to be worth it? I think it would have been, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, it would have wiped me out completely to do something yeah. that big, you know? Yeah, I don't think you would have regretted it. Right. Like like the trip to Atlanta to go to Netherworld. Mm -hmm. When we were driving back, we were just like, that couldn't have gone any better. Like, that was right. so... That was like a the, such a great trip. We had so much fun. We like left early in the morning and we kept stopping at different uh, Halloween shops on the yeah. way. Like we stopped at a Halloween shop in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It was really big. And we're like, this is awesome. We we're going through trying on masks and right. like having, I don't know, it was like a fun day off. And like it was everything we did was like had Halloween theme to it. Sure. And we went to the haunted house and then we got there early enough that we didn't have to wait in line forever. And I don't know, like it just everything kind of went off without a hitch, which is very rare for me. Like I, <laughs> I have horrible luck with things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, it's pretty amazing that you know the car didn't break down somewhere between here and Atlanta. Like, <laughs> yeah. like everything went really well. So hmm. I'm a uh, now I'm starting to think like, what should I do for next year? Maybe I should start saving up now so I can go to Halloween. Right, next some year. kind of big trip yeah. for Halloween. Yeah, specifically because yeah. yeah. it'll be on a Saturday next year. Yeah. So yeah. It'll be pretty sweet. We were talking earlier about music that's considered sort of Halloween music, but isn't necessarily about anything Halloweeny or spooky yeah. or Which, scary at all. By the way, this is like the weekend after Halloween, so Halloween 2014. R.I.P. We mourn you. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's what's kind of an example for you, like music? Um, well, yeah, I notice a lot of times they make, they make those Halloween mixes at Halloween time, uh, and they like sell friends them stores. and or uh, well, yeah, like friends make them and then, but you know, you can go to Walmart and they'll have like oh okay yeah know, Halloween hits right. But one would be like that song, uh, spooky. That's like spooky little girl like you. Like it has nothing to do with Halloween. Who he is just that? says spooky. I've never even heard of that. Oh, um, I can pull it up real quick. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know who sings that actually. Let's see. I think this might be it. Yeah. Atlanta rhythm section. Atlanta rhythm section. Actually, they're all kind of creepy looking. We're watching a video on YouTube. It's just a still photo of the band, and they look kind of weird. Ah. But I'll hear this song on different mixes and CDs and stuff. Right. I'm like, this has nothing it's to not do. Not scary, yeah. really. Yeah, he's just saying spooky. That's the only thing that makes it, right. you know, Halloweeny or whatever. Um. So, what to you is? A quintessential Halloween song, then, or or scary song. What what's one that's like? Excellent. If you question. were gonna put, you know, <laughs> your track one on a Halloween playlist. What would it be? Well, my favorite is yeah. probably the song by uh, Rob Zombie called Halloween, and it's Ooh, like my my favorite one. Yeah. But I think like the main quintessential one would probably be Monster Mash mm. or This Is Halloween from the Nightmare on. 
before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is Halloween. And obviously, Monster Mash is almost like a novelty song, I guess Mm -hmm. is what you'd call it. Yeah. 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 Um, What about uh, Misfits Halloween? It's kind of. I don't know if I have I heard. I don't know if I've heard that one. Really? You've never heard that? Let's look it up. that's, (laughs) That's like very classic. Maybe I have heard it. I just didn't realize. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone. Oh yeah, I've heard this. I gotta add this to my Halloween mix on Spotify. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. You know, another song I kind of associate as being a Halloween song, even though it's really not. Yeah. Is uh that song by Eels called Fresh Blood. Have you heard that song? Yeah. It's uh it's this song. Please don't play an ad first. There we go. But it really doesn't, I guess it is kind of a spookier song. It's got a vibe to it. And then he talks about, I need fresh blood. And he howls at one point like a werewolf. Yeah. So what's some other like essential Halloween songs do you think? Well, it's funny you pulled up a, uh, your own personal Halloween playlist. Yeah. And immediately I noticed Ghostbusters, right? Which is, you know, a great Halloween song or just song in general. Uh Uh-huh. Um, one thing about that song, though, um, and you may have realized it a long time ago, but I only recently did, is the fact that Ray Parker Jr. says, uh, Bustin' makes me feel good. <laughs> that doesn't sound like what, what it's supposed to be about. You know what I mean? That sounds like he's talking about... It's so weird, because I noticed that recently, too. Ray Parker Jr. is talking about busting some nuts up in here, yeah. <laughs> I think. And it's very it's very vulgar, you know? Yeah. This, is, this is weird to consider, you know? Like, did he sneak that in, or is it just... Or, Us in retrospect being pigs. Yeah. Thinking, I don't know. Because I thought of that too. And like, it was really recently because it was right. on at some point around Halloween. And I was like, haha, Busta makes me feel right. like that. And I was like, did he mean it to be like that? Yeah. Like, like I, I kind of feel like he was clever and just kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just kind of put that in there a little bit. Because why would yeah. you say Busta makes you feel good in any other context, yeah. really? No, I'm talking about busting ghosts, man. Ghostbusting <laughs> makes me feel good. Like, it doesn't really... Yeah. I don't know. Something about it's kind of fishy to me. Like, why would ghostbusting make you feel good? Yeah, yeah. So. Nut busting. That's what makes you feel oh, good. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's see what else we have. There's a lot of theme songs on this, too, like TV show themes and stuff. Right. Like, uh, I got the Munsters theme, Twilight Zone. Right. Um, let's see. The, the Double Trouble from the Harry Potter soundtrack. Hmm. And then... Um, What's the theme from Frankenstein? What are you talking about? Is uh, that like I think it's just the music, like the from the Universal. Yeah. Oh. This should be the theme of our podcast. <laughs> it's like super <laughs> copywritten. I'm, I'm sure. Eh, who cares? And <laughs> <laughs> oh. obviously, you have Thriller on here. Oh, of course, yeah. Halloween. Definitely. You know, I would put song. that in the top five of sure. quintessential. Yeah. Anytime you hear a Halloween mix, that comes on. Yeah. And it, that's like the one song that you can definitely always count on hearing on the radio on Halloween, too. Absolutely, yeah. That was the only Halloween song we heard on the way to and from Atlanta on Halloween. Wow, really? Because we kept searching the radio thinking, like, we've got to at least hear Monster Mash. Right, but right, like, right. 
the only time we heard anything was a thriller like we know it's cheesy but we gotta play it I'm like don't apologize yeah, like pretty cheesy. <laughs> yeah, really. you should just be playing that on a loop <laughs> it's a great song uh, let's see and I, I had mentioned to you off mic I mean another song that I associate a lot with you know it's just it has a spooky feel to it it doesn't qualify as Halloween at all mm-hmm. but just as a spooky song that wasn't intended to be spooky is uh you know the flamingos i only have eyes for you or whatever it's like haunting kind yeah. of but I, but it definitely does not like i don't know if i would really qualify it to be like we're having a halloween party you know what i mean yeah. that comes on it's not quite you know but it, it definitely has a haunting feel to it uh and obviously i'm a buffy the vampire slayer fan so i associate it with an episode of buffy you know that involves like ghost inside of a high school or whatever you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i might associate I might be kind of like blending those two qualities, but it is a haunting song for sure. Let's see if I, I don't know if I know the version you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, oh, here we go. Play. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is the song I was thinking of. I've never thought of this as being a spooky or Halloween song. Just think of it, I mean, like, it's like the echo. The, 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 yeah, I don't know. Something about it's creepy to me. Not creepy. Have haunting. You, there's a difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not scary, yeah. but there's something that's like dreamlike about it, yeah. and kind of like it's a great weird. song. Yeah. Have you have you heard this on like Halloween mixes and stuff before? Or? Only my own. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 no. It's just something that, for some reason, has become a song I associate with Halloween. And well, I'll play you a song that we also talked about off mic that I don't think you were familiar with but it's a song that's clearly I don't think it was meant to be a Halloween song but I hear it every year on like mixed CDs and stuff that people make but it's uh, Rock Lobster by B-52s oh Jesus (laughs) your favorite band so it definitely has sort of a Halloween-y sound to it but it doesn't really have anything to do with Halloween Lobster. This uh, <laughs> it's not your kind of thing. I shouldn't judge because I like <laughs> weird things that a lot of people don't like. You right, know what right. I mean? But I just, I'm really curious. Who are the fans of B-52s? <laughs> who are the people that are like, I gotta see the B-52s? Like, you know what I mean? Like, who are I had people? one friend in high school that like loved B-52s. Yeah. She would like make her own B-52s t-shirts and stuff and wear them to school. And we're like, eh, well, teach their own, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's just, it's just a weird band to me. This song is also on a lot of uh, mixes and stuff. I always consider this sort of a quintessential Halloween song. Also, not really meant to be a Halloween song. Eventually he'll start singing and not just snarling into the mic. (laughs) I promise this is a song. Here we go. You know the song? No, I have no idea what this is. You'll recognize it. Oh, okay. 
definitely do it for us. I got Don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Opens The Stand as well, the miniseries The Stand. Oh, right, okay. From the 90s. Yeah. It's like in the beginning. Living Dead Girl by Rob Zombie is also one. Yeah. Have you ever heard the Rob Zombie song Halloween? No. It, it was on like a, a compilation CD years ago called uh, Halloween Hootenanny. Hmm. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I know I got it on here. I had it on here anyway. Maybe it's not on Spotify. I'll have to pop it up on the old YouTube. So we'll say Rob Zombie. Jeff, there's something I need to tell you. What? Busted makes me feel good. <laughs> okay, here it is. Rob Zombie and the ghastly ones. Hmm. I've noticed like that uh, surf music style fits Halloween music really well because that's basically what this is. Is like it just it's a a little harder rocking surf song. There's probably some kind of history to that that we're totally ignorant of. There's probably some some somewhere where that happened, the alchemy of surfer music and Halloween. But yeah, because that's exactly how the um, the Munsters theme is. Yeah, because the Munsters theme is also a surf song. But it, you know, I never really thought of that, but it definitely yeah. is. Isn't like it? that, that guitar part right there. Yeah. Like I can just see somebody like eh, surfing. True, in a different context, <laughs> it is a surfer yeah. song for sure. Yeah. The thing that makes it sound more uh, horror-ish or whatever is that that bong 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 bong. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see The Munsters Today? Yeah. Might be one of the worst TV shows ever. With <laughs> the theme. Yeah. Like, Today. Yeah, it really... That's the thing. It, that kind of ruined this for me because I hear this now and I just think of... Uh, we're the Munsters. We're the Munsters yeah. today. <laughs> we went to sleep many years ago and we woke up with a brand new show. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, don't sing words to that. Yeah, it's... Halloween music really, I mean, this kicks the shit out of Christmas music, I have to say. Like, it's just much better, and, yeah, not for everyone, I guess, but, yeah. Not to make this about me, but uh, this is my podcast, well, our podcast. I totally just made that about me. But uh, (laughs) I wrote my own Halloween song years ago. Ooh, this is where you drop it in. I remember this, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I remember this. And to show how much of a... How oddly obsessed I am with Halloween. Sorry, I heard a weird noise. To show how oddly obsessed I am with Halloween, I wrote the song in like May. Uh, <laughs> and so it wasn't even like close to Halloween time. But I wrote it. I remember I went to Halloween Town in Burbank. Yeah. And I was just driving back and just thinking about it. And I just got the urge to. I was like, I want to make up my own Halloween song. Mm. There's not enough Halloween songs. So I did this one called. Uh, Halloween night, I think is what I called it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'll drop you it wrote, in. Didn't you write like a kind of a children's book to go along with it? Isn't that kind that of what was, you did? Or is that, that was sort the of 
failed, I mean, kind of abandoned project. Type of yeah, that's one of those ideas I had. I'm like, I'm going to make a children's book that comes with a CD. Right. And the CD is going to be five original Halloween songs. Yeah. And then I wrote that, and then that was it. <laughs> the children's book never happened, and I, I wrote that one song. I, oh, excuse me. I actually wrote one other Halloween song, and it wasn't as good. Because yeah. uh, I played it for a friend of mine. He's like, this is going to be for a kid's book? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He's like, I want to change some of these lyrics. Oh, because it's like, I'm going to murder you <laughs> in your sleep. Like, that's Kinda, it was it. sort of like, it was about like a monster in the woods that was going to yeah. eat you or something. And it was like, eh, maybe it should be a little more like, we're going to get candy tonight. Right, I don't right, know. Right. Like, and, and instead of like, hope I don't get murdered in yeah. my sleep. You know? So scared someone to eat me. <laughs> oh. oh, you sounded like a Z-Z, sorry there. Baby, I'm sorry <laughs> how I acted. Yeah, no, you should totally drop drop that in because um, I, I remember really liking that song. How long has that been since you wrote that? That was 2011, I think. Yeah, that's been a little while. Yeah. So three or four years. It's time to let it live again. Breathe life. Dozens life. upon dozens of people might hear it. <laughs> Two or three more people will hear this. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm, I think I'm into it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I was about to say. I think. I think we. We should. We should. You should probably drop in Monster Mash just to like, because it is Definitely. the quintessential Halloween song. Right? We should. In fact, Besides. let's give it a little play right now. The classic. So we're just blowing a, into a straw. Have you ever seen that documentary about the backup singers? I think it's called like Fifty Feet from Stardom or something I like that. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. It's really good, but the the ladies that do the background vocals on this are like Monster Mash. They're they're in that documentary, and they were on everything back then, back in the '60s. But uh, they were like, "Yeah, that's a song where we had to sound like we were white." <laughs> so like we had to like remove all soul from our, really? our voices and just go Monster Mash. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. That is funny. Good segue out of this. Um, and I wanted to play one more song. Oh. Uh, when I lived in California, I was talking about earlier the creature features. Yeah. Every year they do an art show called October Shadows. And the first time I went, my friend Matt and I went. It was in Altadena at this uh, uh, mausoleum. Really cool artwork, like some really great stuff. And uh, that was the first time I heard this song. And uh I like immediately went home and like tried to find it. At, in like, in retrospect, I remember at the time thinking like, why didn't I just ask the guy who was working there like, right. what's the name of this song? But I looked it up and it's called "Happy Halloween" by uh, Zachary. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I love this one. How old is this? It's like the '60s. It's probably around the same time as Monster Mash. But I think Zachary was one of those guys that was like a horror movie host where he'd be like, you know, coming up next on Creature Thriller Theater. You know? The surfer music observation. Yeah. I never once thought of that. It's absolutely yeah. true, right? It's yeah, a, even this song kind of has yeah, a little bit of that. Boom, kaka, boom, kaka, boom, kaka. Boom, kaka. Boom, kaka. Boom, kaka. 
Yeah, so here's our radio play. Open up your ears and get ready to be scared. <laughs> Real scared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your host, Professor Creep. Tonight's chilling tale is guaranteed to hook you. <laughs> Donald, thanks for taking me to the movies. The blob was so scary. Oh, I'm glad you liked it, Sarah. I did. Oh, it's such a nice night outside. Hmm, I guess it is. Hey, uh, Sarah, what do you think about maybe parking and watching the stars for a little while? Oh, Donald, that's such a great idea. Oh, great. Well, then I'll, uh, I'll just pull over right here. Oh, that's a really great view from up here. Yeah, it really is. You can see everything. Yeah, you really can. It goes for miles and miles, and all the lights from the city. It's almost like Christmas with the twinkling lights, you know? Oh, Donald, I feel like an angel. An angel flying in the sky. You are an angel. Oh. You're my angel. Oh. Hey, what do you say we listen to some music? Yeah, I'd like that. Let's see what we have here. Oh, I like this song. Ooh. It's almost haunting. Oh, it is. Uh, what do you say we just relax and not say anything and listen to the music? That sounds great. Mm. This broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. A convicted killer has escaped from the state prison. He was armed with a knife and was headed south on foot. The convict is described as a five foot ten white male missing his left hand. In its place, he is known to wear a hook. Oh, I guess we don't need to hear that. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> let's roll up the windows, lock the doors. That's a good idea. The prison isn't too far away. Maybe we really should go home. But it's only 10 o'clock. Oh, I don't care what time it is. I want to go home. Look, Sarah, he's not going to come all the way up here. And even if he did, we have the doors locked. How could he possibly get in? Donald, he could take that hook and break through the window and open the door. I'm scared. Uh, Did you hear that? It sounded like somebody was trying to get in. Oh, sure. (laughs) Girls, always afraid of something. I want to go home. (laughs) All right, Sarah, it's okay. I'll take you home. Would you like to come in and have some cocoa? (laughs) No, that's okay. I need to get going home. Good night, Sarah. Hmm, What's the... Oh, God! There's a hook on the door! A hook? What do you mean, a hook? Like a f***ing hook, you know? So he really was with us that whole time. Yes, I... I suppose he was. Well, good night, Sarah. But I... Oh, 
I see you've returned. I hope that story wasn't too terrifying for you. <laughs> Join us next week for another horrifying tale.